Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Girls No Filter podcast with myself, Jess Wright, and my besties, Kelly. Hi! And Gabby. Hey, hey. How are we all this week? <laughs> yeah, really good, really good. I have to say, I feel like I've just had one half a glass of wine. I'm feeling a little bit tipsy already. Um, That's our cow. I've been non-stop drinking since I've, I've been home from holiday. Ditto. So went away to Mallorca, got the news that we had to quarantine when we got home. So, um, you know, when ever you, since. Yeah, so when, you, when you're at home, like, you just do tend to drink a lot more, don't you? But also, I have my sister and brother-in-law here, all the way from Australia. They surprised us with the last minute visits they managed to escape Sydney and come and visit with their new baby um, who's absolutely gorgeous Millie Mm, she's only four months old it's the first time I've got to meet her and I have been waiting for this day oh the best ever but yeah just uh, on that basically he is Simon my brother-in-law is taking me on a wine tour of Europe but at home so every night he's taking me to a different country and we're drinking all the wines from different regions wow. in France. Oh my god that, he's like the best guy ever. He's amazing. Why didn't I marry Simon? My <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. doesn't even like wine. I would love to be oh, in one of Joe and Simon's brainstorms like they're both so creative, creative aren't they? Yeah. Oh I know. And generous. I know. Yeah. Yeah how have you been Gabs? Well, as you know, this has so far been one of the best weeks of my life because I've got a puppy. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, he's so Introduce cute. him. We want his full name. <laughs> his name is Ghost Abrahams. <laughs> <laughs> Middle name yet to be decided. Um, he is beautiful. He is very beautiful. He's a white German shepherd. Um, Which and- I've never seen before. Yeah, it's really unusual. Like, you just don't see those dogs, do you, ever, really? So we've called him Ghost for the listeners who love Game of Thrones. Obviously, one of the main characters, Jon Snow, has a white wolf dog called Ghost, who's super cool, really protective. He's like one of the stars of the show. This is day three or four, four, I think. I tell you what, not that I'm even daring to compare this to a newborn baby, obviously. Oh, no, Gab. But I... Honestly, like me and George have not slept like for the last oh, three days. God. I did warn you. He screams during the night because he can't bear to be separated from us. Oh, he um, oh, no. like the house He's is sleeping like in a the tornado. Bed then, I presume. Sorry? He's sleeping in the bed, I presume. No, God, no. No, he's not allowed upstairs. That is my one boundary. I'm like... Well done. Stairs upwards is no dog hair, no slobber, like, life. Like, so you're letting my... him, are you letting him cry all night? Because that's the worst bit, isn't it? No. So, oh, it's really hard because some people say you've got to let them cry and then some people say you shouldn't be letting them cry because that causes separation anxiety. It only makes it worse. So, yes, so Gab, like three this literally is like having yeah. a new baby. <laughs> oh, honestly, Kel, the house is a tip. I just about, like, today he went to sleep and I crept away trying not to wake him, <laughs> ran upstairs to the shower. By the time I come out, he was already crying. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, and no. when when new mums have babies, they always say to me, like when I'm chatting to new mums, they're always like, oh, having a shower is like a luxury. And I always think to myself, having a shower is a luxury. What are you bloody on about? I need to sort your life out. 
I get it. I get <laughs> it. And I've got a dog. A new mum, all right, no, guys. No way. I mean, <laughs> I don't judge mum. You know, never. But I do think having a shower is a luxury. I don't really get that. But I get it. And that's just with a fur baby, let alone an actual baby. I did no. say you would be like this, though, didn't I? I said you'll be like precious dog mum. Like, oh. No, but that's it. I don't even think that's it. I think when you get a newborn puppy, like they're, they're all the same. They're all clingy. They all they all won't sleep on their own. But you do kind of need to nip it in the bud. I heard that it's three nights you let them cry for and then they should stop. Oh, really? um, Will and I are the worst because he's always had his dog sleep in his bedroom. And I've always had my dog, Bella, obviously sleeping in my bedroom. But they're both in their beds, but by the morning, Bella's always crept up. But yeah, yeah. I think it's really different with a tiny dog like that, though, Jess. Like they're yeah, not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can't have some white German shepherd sleeping in the bed with me and George. No, Can you imagine? It's going to be a big um, ass dog. <laughs> yeah, and I also just want an area of the house where it's just like my dog free. Yeah, dog yeah. free. Does exactly. He molt? Yeah, I do, yes, um, he, molts he does molt. Loads. Yeah. He doesn't oh, melt God. badly, I have to say, and I brush him not? every day. Is that it's what good, Like, if you brush him every day, it reduces yeah. the melting, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm very happy. I did have a moment the other night at four o'clock in the morning when I hadn't slept yet and I was getting up for work at seven oh, God. where I thought, oh, what no. have I done? <laughs> yeah, but wait then, till you want to go on holiday and you can't get anyone to look after it. That's when you're going to say, shit, what have we done? Well, that is the thing. I'm going to get him into a dog sitter really early on. Like George's family dog, he was so happy to go into the sitters because he yeah. went from so I mean, young. He's finding one. He's finding a good one, I know. And I'm, I can't, I'm not just Googling any old dog sitter and sending my baby off there. It's like I need to know that that person's like proven and tested. Yeah. Anyway. We'll, we'll find you a good one. But um, on, yeah. on a separate note, this week's podcast is actually something that I think you, you listeners are going to absolutely love. It's love, marriage, and does the fairy tale even exist? Now, <laughs> we have covered some of this before, I'm sure, in all of our podcasts, because we're always yeah. referring to the happy ending and, you know, if we get it and whatever else. But this week, we're going to really kind of hone in on the ins and outs of, of married life and love and if the fairy tale exists. Yeah, and really, like you say, it's it's been covered a bit before, but so many people have like requested that we talk more about love and relationships haven't they like we mm -hmm. we ask for people's requests and topics and you know things that they want us to talk about and really you can never get enough of love chat and yeah no because we all love chat. hearing about each other's experiences and and Absolutely. i suppose it just makes you feel like you're not alone but kel should we start off with the statistics because i know that you read us one the other day and me and gabby were like oh my god i, I can so believe that that's true but go ahead yeah well i was i was when we were chatting the other day i was telling you about this book that i'm reading at the moment called where's my happy ending and it's written by two journalists they're a couple married couple mother pucker she is known as on Instagram some of you might know her and Papa Pucker and it's basically about a point in their relationship where they've come to and they both are wondering whether this is it this is all the happiness they'll ever find which sounds quite sad but it's really not I've not got to the end of it so I'm not going to spoil the ending but they've got two children together they've been together for I think 15 years uh, or married for 15 years and they go out and talk to lots of other people, um, like friends and family and professionals, monks at monasteries and people from all walks of life basically discuss with them what makes them happy in like love and life. And, you know, I was talking to you about this book and I, I 
told you a couple of statistics from the book that I found really interesting. One of them being that in like both men and women, the age group and the demographic who are most happy within men are straight married men. They're like the happiest, healthiest group of men. No shock Um, there. Of course they are. (laughs) But then for women... It's women who are single at 40. They're the happiest and healthiest age group. And I just found that really interesting, but also like I could completely understand. But I was just like wondering if you guys thought that there was truth in that and and why. I just think it's so interesting that the it's just so funny that like the mid 30s married man is at the happiest point in his life or is the happiest kind of man and the woman who is into her 40s and she's single that's the happiest woman it's just very it says a lot I think about the roles that women and men play in a marriage do you know what I mean yeah, yeah I think it I thought it said more about our expectations so like my take on it is that as women without like making massively sweeping generalized statements here as women a lot of us are like looking for that fairy tale and we think grew up watching the fairy tale happen yeah and we think that marriage is going to bring us like quite a lot of happiness and that's ultimately a goal in life, one of them, you know, but that is like a goal to kind of be happily married. Whereas men are more resistant to that, I think. You know, they think that actually marriage might make them unhappy and basically we're like the ball and chain and we yeah. are, then they're tied down for life and, you know, well, they can't go out anymore. The, yeah, they've yeah. lost their freedom and all that kind of thing. So I think our expectations are so much higher from marriage. We think we're going to get that happiness from marriage that's going to be the answer whereas for men they think the other way around but actually when they get married they realize it's pretty fucking brilliant actually like we do make them happy they've got like a constant support network and dinners on the table and yeah clothes washed (laughs) I think what that says not generalizing by the way but in my household that's the way (laughs) yeah I think what that says a lot about what happiness means for men and what happiness means for women because happiness is really subjective right happiness for one person is not happiness for another and I think men like I always say and again this is a mass generalization are really fucking simple creatures all they want is like a warm bed with a warm woman in it and a warm dinner on the table. Preferably a hot woman rather than warm. (laughs) Yeah, like a woman who wants to have sex with them. Like that is sex, food, telly, mates. Like honestly, that is happiness for a man. And that's why all the 30-year-old married men are bloody happy. And for women, again, this is a mass generalisation, it is more than that. It's life fulfilment, it's life experiences, it's it's communities, it's, you know, like family, it's relationship building. And that's why the 40-year-old women who don't have any of that mundane shit to deal with day to day are the fucking happy ones. Because to them, happiness is so much more than that. I think yeah. what that just says is men do not require a lot to be happy in life in I general. I think maybe as well, I think you're right, Gab, to an extent. And I think maybe as well, it's got something to do with when you reach 40. So uh, like you go through your 30s, maybe with these expectations still. But when you reach 40, as a woman, if you're st- still single and still sort of like 
maybe even like looking for or love even or divorced. Just, yeah. Yeah. Or, mm. or divorced. You might have come to the like, well, you've kind of accepted the fact that you are happier alone and you've grown up and you know what makes you happy. Like, you know how to fulfill your happiness rather than like expecting it from someone else. And you put effort into doing that, you know, so like yeah. you do things that make you happy with, rather than like putting you to the back of the list because obviously when you have children or when you have yeah when you have a family and a husband like quite often prioritize other people in the household you prioritize your your husband or you prioritize the children or both you know um so I reckon by 40 like you've learned a lot and yeah like you can you have no one sort of holding you back and you know exactly who you are I imagine at 40 like even more so than your 30s and you're just like you also don't you don't sweat the small stuff I imagine in your 40s you're you're kind of you know who you are you know where you're going and again generalization but yeah you have no dead wood like you're literally just it's just you against the world if you're a career woman like I I can so see how that can be true that's quite quite interesting what you've just said Jess because two things you've just said there was holding you back and dead wood so question is do you think that do you think that a happy relationship, you wouldn't experience any of those things? Or do you think that uh, that's just a byproduct of being in a relationship? No, neither. I've, I think what I'm more saying is those 40-year-old women that have answered that survey and are the happier women or whatever, I imagine have either come out of a bad, messy marriage and have found themselves again or they're on their own and they're finally accepted that they're on their own and they're going out living their life doing what they want to do. Whereas someone, you know, like a... I can't explain what I mean. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess I'm just saying, do you think that relationships by default hold you back? No. No, that's not fair to say. I'm more talking about a group of women that I I imagine have have either... are not in a relationship now because for a very good reason. Yeah. And they're just loving their life. Like... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a hard one. Like, I don't know, because... I don't know if I would be happy going into my 40s single, but I can't say because I'm not in that position. Do you know what I mean? But you can because it's, it's so happening. This is such an interesting topic because happiness is so subjective and it means different things. Yeah. It wouldn't be about you being single. So what single. does it mean, Gab, to you? Well, what, what's, what's your happiness? This is what I was going to say. What does happiness mean? In life mean? and relationship. T- to me, happiness in a relationship is zero fear of being cheated on. That for me is... Is happiness. Are you serious? You can't say that's your percent. only happiness in a relationship. No, of course it's not the only happiness. But I'm saying if main... you're saying one key headline, my key headline is pure safety in 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 loyalty as in non not cheating. Really? That's my that's what makes me happy. If I was with somebody who I thought had potential to cheat on me, I wouldn't be happy. Yeah, but like for me it's like that's a given, but for me it's more someone that is my best friend and makes me laugh and like cares for me that for me is my a given isn't that funny yeah yeah oh my god this is like therapy yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think as you grow together you become best friends but if you're looking at like anyway but I mean if you're looking at like an attribute in somebody that gives you true happiness and peace for me that is knowing that he's not going to have an affair that's subjective so that that is what happiness is for me yeah, for me, that's like, that's almost a byproduct. And also, I don't feel like you can ever guarantee that. Like, no. why do we Which is think? Why I'm miserable that, all the time. 
<laughs> but why do we think that like, you know, you can do you think I like well, we always talk about trusting someone a hundred percent. Can you ever trust someone a hundred percent? Like no, even no. if you say you trust them a hundred percent, you can't always ever trust anyone a hundred percent. Half a percent no, of doubt absolutely. in your mind that like even if otherwise... you say you could trust them ninety eight percent, like what? Well, but. yeah, exactly. Like there, there's people. Like people are human. Humans make mistakes. You know, like and that's also that's, not acceptable when you're married or in a relationship. Yeah, that, that's not to say it's okay to make the mistakes, but I'm just saying that's like just realizing that we we can't all go through life thinking that we're all going to just be perfect 100% of the time and never put a foot wrong. But that doesn't mean that you can't be happy and in a relationship and trust someone, you know? like Yeah. I was thinking about it earlier when I was, like, thinking about it and I was like, the fairy tale. Like, I really did grow up, like, believing the fairy tale. And I don't know if I can just blame Disney. I can blame as well, like, my parents and my aunties and uncles and stuff who have been together since we were young. And that was just what we were sold the dream, like, growing up. I don't know if I want my girls, like, if I have girls one day or a girl or my children to be sold that as much as I don't want to be like a buzzkill and just be like, oh, by the way, the fairy tale doesn't always exist. I also want to prepare them, like... My cousin said to me once, I was about 21 and I was having a double date with her and she was with her partner and I was with mine. I said, oh, I'm going to get the fairy tale. And I was like, of course I'll get the fairy tale. Like, I'm going to get married, have children. It's all going to be great. And she was like, Jess, the fairy tale doesn't always exist. And it crushed me. Like, And I've never forgotten it. And she didn't mean it. She's obviously just trying to look out for me and be like, babe, it doesn't always work out that way. And I was clearly naive. I was like 21 thinking it does. And I just remember like going home and my partner at the time was like, don't listen to what she said, babe. It does exist and it will exist for you. But I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. But I, I, it always stuck so with me. saying it's that so now weird, then, like, Jess, do you, sorry to talk over you, but do you think that you've got the fairy tale or do you believe that it's not the fairy tale anymore? What I believe is that... Nothing is what it seems and I definitely think I have got the fairy tale in the sense that I've met someone that I'm going to spend, please God, the rest of my life with. For me, that's the fairy tale now. All the other bits after that, having kids and stuff, that will all be, you know, a cherry on the cake and... And then, yeah, like maybe the fairy tale even more. But nothing is ever the fairy tale. No relationship is perfect. So what really is the fairy tale? Is the fairy tale just finding someone? Have to relate just to marriage. Why does it end there? It's almost like when people talk about fairy tales, it kind of ends. Because that was always the fairy tale books at the end, and they lived happily ever after. Yeah, yeah. But what about then? The next day, when you got to put on a wash or pick up your kids, (laughs) exactly. Or like he's pissing you off because he treads mud in the carpet or something stupid. But putting on the wash the next day is the fairy tale. Like that's the fairy tale for me. Like I'm not Ugh. not. Well, I everyone's mean, got their own fairy tale, haven't they, Kel? So what's yours? Exactly. So I. That's what I'm trying to say. Basically, that the normality of a relationship and life, I think, is that's what's amazing. And you know what? I think that's one of the things that lockdown has taught us. When we, you know, we've had you know a crazy year with. COVID and, you know, all being in lockdown for so many months that it's the simple things that we've realised that matter. And I think, actually, if this has taught us anything, it's that, yeah, those things, like, you kind of take for granted, like, staying at home and doing washing and I hear I know, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Like, it yeah, I know makes that it can be boring how if you're doing washing we every day. 
yeah, to live in our like, houses and have our partners and have wa- running water to be able to do our washing and make our clo- lovely clothes clean again. I know what you're saying. Like it brings. I'm back not to saying the I look for like joy in all of those things every time I do them. Of course, I'm not saying that. But Hold on, doesn't Warren do all the washing in your house? Yeah, Warren does the washing. Maybe that's <laughs> oh, why. That is exactly. happy. That's the fairy tale. <laughs> Maybe that's why. That's it right there. This is my Girls happy ever sat after. There saying I love meeting, lockdown. I just... <laughs> meeting someone who does all my washing and ironing. Oh, I mean, that's all my like, job yeah. in my house. Washing, ironing. Actually, I just iron, meant the simple things, basically. I just, I just meant like the daily chores and tasks and like cooking dinner. But again, like obviously, I love cooking. So for some people, that's like, like you know, they hate doing that chore. They hate cooking. They they couldn't think of anything worse than thinking of something to cook for dinner. And but for me, I love it. So I, you know, I'm talking from a different perspective here. But basically, I just mean that. My idea of happiness in a relationship was and still is actually like normality and, you know, not like being just comfortable and and secure and, you know, having support like constantly. But those things do mean a lot. Like, you know, that's there's a lot to be said for like just having that support around you all the time as well is like experiencing life with my partner like for me that's one of my really like I really I've never been in a relationship before Will where I have but like it it was it was always up and down and like toxic and whatever like whereas with Will like we actually do love doing the same things so like on a weekend we'll make some plans and we'll, we'll like just the whole weekend just together and we just do you know it can be visiting that and like I actually want to spend quality time with him because we have fun and like yeah. so for me I didn't realize that, that actually really for me that probably is the fairy tale whereas I didn't even know that was possible before oh. do you know what I mean? oh that's really sweet oh. that is really sweet <laughs> I hope he feels the same <laughs> of course he does he's like I'm going out think- I think for me as well one of the fairy tale things is having a big family because I never grew up with a big family yeah, and I was just used to like thinking. be around Jess's house thinking, oh, this is lovely. Everyone's coming and going. There's always like 40 people at every event. <laughs> and it was lovely watching that. And I think for me, fairy tales definitely like having a big family one day. But how lovely that you've married into someone who has that. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yes. Like, you... like that is the fairy tale. Yeah. Marry a man that's got a big family and hopefully have a big family ourselves one day. That is heaven on a plate. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and a house full of dogs, but you're starting to rethink that one. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what? So I was thinking about this earlier and I was like, oh, happiness for me is a house in the countryside with horses and dogs wearing a barber jacket and wellies every day. That for me is <laughs> like <laughs> absolute <laughs> heaven. I know you can think of anything worse, Jess. Don't get me wrong. I like my I like my nice places. I like my nice sushi, champagne, beach clubs, nice restaurants, all the rest of it. But at the heart, I think I'm a bit of a country girl. I'm happy living across like from the road from fields and countryside because I love my walks and stuff. But that's where I draw the line. I don't want to farm. I don't want animals that I have to look after and get muddy with. Nah, take me to a sushi (laughs) and cocktail bar any day. (laughs) She doesn't want to lose a nail, does she? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. Low blow there, Kel. (laughs) Sometimes, though, do you ever find yourself? I do this sometimes and it's really weird. Sometimes I find myself going like almost telling myself like reflecting in the moment and telling myself oh okay this is happiness feel it does anyone else do yeah, that yeah and then like oh, and then it's, and then you're like it's not enough because you can't bottle that moment so you're just going to lose the moment does that make sense yeah. always exactly like, 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 when i'm on holiday but that that it sounds really sad that like 
we're saying that as if we're not experiencing it. But whenever I'm on holiday and I'm looking at an amazing view, like I look out at like a sunset or an amazing like sea, like skyline or whatever it might be, like if you're in a city or whatever, if you're on a rooftop and I look out and like I take a deep breath and I have to take my sunglasses off and look at it with my bare eyes, like however bright it might be, just to make sure it's like, you know, the pinch me moments where you're like, remember this look at it so I literally say out loud to whoever I'm with and I'm like this moment right now when you're in your busy life next week I'm doing the washing you're working whatever it might be just remember this moment and how amazing this feels I literally said it last week on holiday we were laying there like we had this little pool in this hotel with the best view ever and we had our music on and we had like lunch on tap like calling them up and like a cocktail on the way and I just laid there and I looked at Will and I was like just remember this moment take suck it in because next week it's going to be such a far distant memory like like they're the moments you live for aren't they like they are and like every photo you take on holiday you're like never looks as good when you get home and you're looking through them like if you take a picture of a sunset or whatever yeah, it just, it just you can't like ever replicate that so it's so hard i know i know what you mean gab you you sort of just like you want to enjoy it even more like, than you, you than you, than possibly, you possibly can, can. Yeah. but there's i feel like it's quite hard to like tangibly quantify happiness it's almost like you do you know what I'm trying to say? Like you almost look for signs of it. It's like you can be really happy, but just be like still and not no, saying anything. No, but it anything. gives me anxiety when I look too much into it because it makes me feel like... Jess, I do that too. Kind Are you explain. sometimes like, is this true happiness or not? Like you try oh, to... all the time. And then like I'll lay in bed and just like start overthinking things and be like, but like... I, I can't even... Yeah, it gives me anxiety just because yeah. I'm worried that... I think I'm it's so worried about losing it. all the time. I'm like, and then worried, you worry that like it. it's going to be over before you've even felt it. Because then I start or, like, thinking about like this is so depressing. But I start thinking about people that close to me that are not going to be here one day. And then I'm like, well, then there's no point in being happy because then that's going to happen. Then I'm going to be so upset. I can't deal with it. Oh like, God, you can't. No, think I know. That. I know. But like, you, you, your How mind does go that way, doesn't is it? Is your mind like it's such a powerful tool? It can oh. literally it makes you feel all these emotions, and you can't control it. It just like runs yeah. wild. I know. On a, on a more lighter like note. You want someone to go, it's almost like I need like a chart or a something to go, you are happy. I need somebody, it's almost like I want I want evidence that I'm happy. Does anyone yeah. else feel like that? I know. I want like a chart Sometimes. to go, yes, this is ha- this is happiness. All oh, right, okay, good. <laughs> I don't I, I, I want to like say that. now to you, don't waste your life feeling like that. Believe in those moments and just know that that is happiness. Like I feel like expectations of happiness today are so high. Like you've always said getting a dog will make me the happiest girl alive. You've now got your dog and like, I'm not saying the first thing you did was moan about it when when we spoke to you today, but obviously there's going to be ups and downs. Like it's, yeah, like you say, almost like having a new baby in the house, but Life is just also full of ups and downs. remind really yourself is, the feelings that you wanted when you got that dog, and then like realize that you are still having those feelings. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, it I is hard. Like to oh god, life is scary, isn't it? <laughs> happiness well, is just like a. It's like the pursuit of happiness, isn't it? And it's <laughs> when are you ever going to really be truly happy? I saw quite an interesting quote the other day that said. 
You cannot live with expectations because life has no obligation to fulfil your desires. You can live with an open heart, but you cannot live with expectations. And that statement has never been truer for me than over the last six months. It's like if you live with expectations, like life does not have an obligation to fulfil those expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, Don't you think? Yeah. I do feel like fulfilling an expectation does give you happiness. You know, like if you do have certain expectations out of whatever it might be, a career, like, you know, yeah, if it's like a, a work goal, for instance, and then you reach it, like that does make you happy. So you do have to have certain expectations, you know. But I think the point of that quote is it's saying you need to you need to fulfill them because life isn't going to just yeah sorry fulfill it's them not always going to fall gonna... into place. You need to make yes, your own exactly. happiness as well. Just another note. So this is quite a funny one, but it's also probably quite deep. Being married drives us to drink. Do you think there is any truth in that, and the reasons why? I think that's from your book, Cal. Yeah, so it was another in line with what we were saying about being healthiest and happiest when men are in a relationship. If they were single, they would be down the pub with their mates. Like, this is just like, you know, generalising. But for instance, men of, of that age might be, yeah, boozing down the pub, having a kebab on the way home. But instead, you know, married men in that sort of age range are actually having home cooked dinners and maybe just like, you know, drinking socially on the weekends. And for women, actually, when they're in relationships, the idea was that married women are driven to drink. So that was why it makes them unhealthier. So actually, if you're single, (laughs) if you're single at 40, um, you're less likely to, which, you know, you might not necessarily immediately think. You might think if I'm a single year old, 40, sorry, single 40 year old woman, I'd be out like drinking lots. But actually, you've probably got a healthier lifestyle than those of us at home with families who are married and like stressing out about the small stuff and having to, yeah. This is a really big question for me and I've come across it before in a, in a group and I had a really different answer to everyone else and I've rethought about it quite a lot since. Do you think it's realistic to expect one person to make you happy? I just this think it's such an open-ended question. question and it I've got I've got a great answer for this. Go on. <laughs> so, I remember about 8 years ago, I had a mentor at the time like a work mentor. And I said to her, oh, I'm getting a bit frustrated with George. And she was like, oh, come and we'd only, we'd been together for like four years at this point. And she was like, oh, let's have a chat. And I said, I just get frustrated that he doesn't really want to do anything with me. Like, as in when we do stuff, we'll do like cinema, holidays, spa breaks, restaurants. We do all the stuff that everybody loves to do. But he won't do the things like that are maybe a bit off kilter. So he would never go to a museum with me, couldn't be less interested He won't go to the theatre with me because he couldn't be less interested. So of the 20 things that I love to do, 12 of them I've got in common with George, eight of them I haven't got in common with George. So she said to me, and I was like, it really gets me down, like blah, blah, blah. And she was like, why don't you just accept that George is one of the loves of your life and he is not the person that you do those things with? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, George is of the people in your circle 
you have different people that you do different things with. So George is your home, is your lover, is your this, is your that. He's the person you go to restaurants to. He's the person you go on holidays with. He's the person you go shopping with. But he's not the person that you go to museums with. So in your circle, pick a friend who loves to go to museums and that so, is the person such, that you do that with. I remember you telling me it all those years I ago remember. and I've always, always remembered it and I was like, that it's is It's just the completely stuck thing. with me. She was like, why are you, do you love this man? I was like, yeah. She was like, are you meant to be together? I was like, yeah. She was like, so why are you driving yourself mad of all of those things? He doesn't want to go to museums? Get over it and go with someone else that does. And it completely. And she's dragged us ever since. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's but true yeah, though. It so I, true. Yeah, I remember you telling us that, and I think I've repeated it to lots of friends as well who yeah, might have good. been in similar situations in relationships. So whoever that, so that woman's wise was, yeah, words she's, have, she's have wise. carried on through um, lots of friendship groups. But yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think it's a lot to expect one person to bring you all of that happiness but as we were saying earlier like you know the, the fairy tale was, doesn't exist yeah yeah and also the fairy tale was sold to us that like you meet this person and then you find your happy ever after like in that person and but, they lived happily ever after that's why when we yeah. have arguments with our spouses and whatever else we're like you question everything and you're like oh my god maybe we're not right together like you know but actually no it's just because you're two different people that have come together through clearly lots and lots of amazing things and 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 com- common interests and everything else but you're not going to see eye to eye 24/7 because if you did i don't actually think that would be a very in-depth relationship it would be quite kind of like not even real. It'd be super claustrophobic and weird to have one person that you just like Spend go to for with. every emotional fulfillment that you need in your life. Like that's why we have friends. That's why we have family. Yeah. So that we're like, we go to the two different people, you know, we go to different people for different things. I love how like whenever us girls are together with with the other girls, the other four, we like, we always come back to Charlotte from Sex and Cities saying when she says, Maybe men aren't our soulmates. We're each other's soulmates and they're just guys that we like to hang out with and have fun with or whatever. The, I, Absolutely. I tried to make it really dramatic then, but I forgot the whole thing. But you know yeah. what I mean? You, you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And do you know what? Actually, the, the term fairy tale is really bloody unhelpful because by definition, fairy tale is a children's story about magical and imaginary for characters and beings like it's imagination and make-believe so banding around fairy tale in 2020 is actually really really unhelpful i know it should be replaced but it's a term that we've been brought up with yeah but it should be replaced with life ambition and if your life ambition is to settle down marry have kids have a dog get a house live in a farm with horses fucking fabulous if your life ambition is to be the ceo of a company by the time you're 35 flying in jets eating sushi then great like but this is this is what my sister and i were talking about what if you want both that's where that's, that's your where fairy it gets, tale but that's where it yeah, gets but you even probably more can't. difficult that's the point yeah. because we have to can have children, you do it all so yeah well then you're talking about people just being completely disillusioned aren't you? yeah <laughs> not sure. fairy tales <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just think, like you say, you have your own dreams, ambitions, and desires, and like we should all be able to try and fulfil them, however we wish to do that. And yeah, it's hard that like certain industries or just like people and perceptions make that difficult, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think the media helps. You know, like when you see, 
I don't know, like, it, and it's the whole, it's media. It, it, and when I say that, I include social in that, right? It's everyone's kind of depicting their idea of their fairy tale on their social media channels and in the press. And mm. it always feels like a bit 2.4 children. Like you would never, what I mean by that is often in, in the headlines, it's blah, blah is pregnant with next baby or blah, blah gets married. You would never see this politician has been promoted, this female politician has been promoted to XYZ job title or, you know, youngest ever entrepreneur takes over new business because for XYZ. But is that like not you because never that's see what those we're interested tales. in as well? You know, like maybe it's because it's the gossip. But the press even writes now, like, for instance, like Jess Wright gets her fairy tale. Like, that's what they write. Like, that's that. It's really damaging. It is. But it's like, really on damaging. that note, like, so I'm I've, I'm reading Finding Freedom, the, the book about Meghan and Harry. I know it's like, people are going to be like, why the fuck are you reading that? And some people are going to be like, oh, I want to read it. So I'm going to give you my insight. I'm only on to like chapter 10. I read a bit on holiday and... It's so funny because she is, she essentially became a princess and he is essentially, well, he is a prince, was a prince, I don't know. Essentially, they got the fairy tale because they met, but then their lives have been turned upside down by this whole media staff and them moving away and not wanting to be titled anymore. Like, so technically, the fairy tale, if anyone was going to have it, it was them. And actually, Mm. it's the complete, totally, totally done a 180. Like, I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but I'm just sort of. Yeah, referring to them and the fact that I'm reading it, and yes, it is it is sad, but that's that's what that's what the media intrusion does, I guess, on that level. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's like a societal agreement that the fairy tale is meeting someone you love, getting married, having kids, buying a house, like that. That is what we're led to believe is the fairy tale, and I I do think my point is valid about you will never see headlines about people doing like like successful things that sits outside of relationships babies like it feels like yeah. it's always about that mm, you know I, I don't think it's always about that i think they do report on things like that but i think they don't ever attach the word fairy tale to it because essentially like your fairy tale jess like when you know when you when you um got the part in that play that mm. you're going to do that show that like it's funny how the little like, oh, jess right gets a fairy tale with William and it's like well hang on actually that was your fairy tale as yeah, well but like that I'd would never be reported my career was my main priority growing up in terms of wanting to that was more what I wanted the fairy tale in wasn't it like I wanted to do exactly. what I wanted to do yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's it's a very interesting subject but um I hope everyone that's listening has got some kind of insight from this and we'd love to hear your views on it you might have a better insight than us and put it into words better than we can so yeah please do send them over because we'd love to share them on maybe the next podcast if they're yeah good views. So just quick <laughs> fire before we close does the fairy tale exist yes or no kel yes jess a version of it yeah I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, Can um, we go back it, to the beginning? <laughs> it would be horrible to say no, wouldn't it? It really would be horrible to say no. I think it's just your perception of it. Yeah. Like, you know, and your fairy tale, like you say, it's, you know, we don't have to call it that, but it's your happiness in a relationship. That's my taking. And yes, your happiness in a relationship does exist or like in in your, yeah. Um, yeah. I think the likes of like, Disney and stuff are tr- uh, coming round to like making the fairy tale about other things apart from love, right? So like 
Moana, the Disney film, there's no love story in that at all, apart from the love between her and the ocean and her family. Frozen is about a love between sisters. That's the fairy tale. It's like, I know you no, girls no, are probably going to laugh at me. No, no, because she still ends up with a prince. Oh, Anna, doesn't she? Or Elsa. Anna does end up with a prince. Elsa Yeah, well, she ends up with someone, but I think it would be... <laughs> Disney, if you're listening. <laughs> Gabby loves Disney. I've never seen Moana. Yeah. I've never seen these what? ones, these latest ones, I have to say. So I can't comment I've on what they're Frozen doing. I've seen a couple of times. I haven't seen Moana. Can I just say, like, those, the new Disney films, like, there are underlying adult themes in them. Like, it's not yeah. just childish oh, crap. Like, all apparently, right, there's there's some underlying themes now. in all the old ones as well, apparently, according to certain conspiracies about Walt Disney. Yeah. Here. yeah, we could do a whole podcast on that, <laughs> a breaking down of the Disney film. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah when it comes to like children's books and things, I think, you know, it's now about trying to educate our children as they grow up and yeah, what what it means to I, us I, I, in to reality now. I won't be selling traditional, typical fairy tale to my children as their fairy tale ending. I'll be selling to them about happiness from within and self-love and to be who you want to be and never let anyone tell you that you can't. That's how I'll yeah. tell them that the fairy tale should be. Yeah, absolutely. The fairy tale is whatever you want it to be, and like it doesn't have to centre around a a relationship. Like I might not even let them watch the the Disney films. I'll I'll decide that one day if I have kids. I'll be doing that, love. Showing them the Disney films. What would you tell us, Alika? She said, "Mummy, does the fairy tale exist?" It's funny actually because Warren. I don't know where this quote is actually from or where this comes from, but he once read about not. It's not all about being happy. Like you don't always have to tell your children to find happiness in things. That's not the ultimate goal. You want them to feel like feeling every emotion and understanding it, isn't it? And that's sort of one of the things that brings you like inner peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to like explain that to a child without like boring them to tears. Really, Cal, to... I don't know about that because you, yeah. you wouldn't want to be like to your child, well, you need to experience grief to find true happiness. Like, But you do need them to experience lots of different... It's not necessarily grief because that's like quite intense, but upset, yeah, they need to experience that. You don't want your yeah, children gonna, to be... They? They're going to lose their yeah, but you want them. Or... To, but what I'm saying is you want them to experience that. You don't want to like mollycoddle them and... and and for them to no, you need to toughen them up. I hear you. I totally yeah, hear you. Yeah, for them to just I suppose be it's, happy you need them all the to know, time. Upset Kel to know true happiness, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, you need exactly. to experience the opposite. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Basically, that's the simple way of putting it. Yeah, you need to experience all of those emotions. So hold out your hand. I've got to hit it real hard. <laughs> <laughs> not pain. Not pain. Um, but you yeah, know like... what happiness is after that. And the other thing that actually Warren says is, um, I think this was the Dalai Lama that said that real happiness comes from, and this is about happiness, comes from um, discipline. And if you basically teach your child discipline, then you're happy. You're ultimately happy. Well, it's about, that's all down to equilibrium. It's about having balance. So you can do this, but you have to do this too. And then that's how you find happiness because you seek happiness in the things that you are allowed to do and that you can you know, you, if you don't have discipline, then you will just go off. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like today's podcast has literally been so um, therapeutic and, well, yeah, like therapy, but also 
so kind of deep, which I love when we get deep. Um, I know, me too. Yeah, so... Yeah, me too. Well done, It's girls. just literally like one of our girls' chats, like, you know... Just a nice, open, honest chat. And yeah, I hope you've all enjoyed listening as always. And loads of you have sent in loads of requests and we are going to see to them because they're all like really lovely topics that we do definitely want to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we should also do like a little Q&A session. So if there's like just like, yeah, some questions that you want to fire at yeah, us. Yeah, let's do, do that. Like let's answer fire. your questions. Send us over yeah, the questions look- and we will answer them all in the next podcast. Yeah. And then next week, we've got a really nice podcast to look forward to. So make sure you tune in and keep up with Girls No Filter every week. Yeah. Comment and like. And yeah, we hope you loved it. Bye. See you soon. Bye, guys.